This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Dan Bongino Show. Get ready to hear the truth about America with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? This house is so gone crazy, Dan. Jeez, oh, man. I know. I got a funny story for yeah. you all. So yesterday, I'm up at the Sunshine Summit. Uh, it's kind of like the CPAC, like a Republican conservative convention in Florida. It's the biggest one they put together. Mm. Um, hat tip to Blaze and Golia for putting together a great event. He's the head of the Republican Party of Florida. But I come up here, Joe, and it's up at the Gaylord which is always a nice hotel. Yeah. You guys have one out in Prince George's County where they host CPAC, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we're here, and they have the, the Fox debate last night. I don't know if you all saw it. Saw some, yeah. Uh, Fox, yeah, Fox News hosted the debate for the two gubernatorial candidates for Florida, the two uh, prominent ones. You have uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, who I, I really, really like a lot. Ron's a great guy. You're a really conservative congressman from Florida. And Adam Putnam, who's also a nice guy, agriculture, agricultural commissioner here. He did a, They both did a great job at the debate, but... We get there a few minutes late yeah. because they didn't have the passes for us at the front desk. There was like a little logistics hang up there. Mm-hmm. So with the, the way that Fox was working the debate is you couldn't open the doors after a certain time because it was a live TV audience. Right. So we had to make like one of these dramatic entrances where we come in at a commercial break, but everybody's already sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys so much. You have no idea. Like you've, this would never happen to young Daniel when he was a kid, right? I was a comic book reading, weightlifting, you know, Taekwondo, Aikido, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu guy who only cared about like boxing and comic books when I was a young kid. I never, I really, we had no money, no nothing. So me, my wife, and my two kids, we walk in at the commercial break, and this big round of applause. People are getting up, going, all the Fox people understand, like, what's going? on back there. All right. Good deal, dude. man. So I sit down. We finally get to our seats because this is a commercial. But like, dude, you got to go. Like, people are starting to get up now and clap. So we sit in our seats. I'm sitting behind uh, David Webb and my wife sitting next to Deneen Borelli from Conservative Review. And my daughter, my uh, 14-year-old daughter, looks at me. She goes, Dad, that was awesome. <laughs> I was touched. She said, I'm very proud of you. And I was like really touched by that because uh, I, uh, you know, we don't get out a lot. Joe, Joe and I do the show from a home studio to keep the costs low. And, uh, you know, I don't mean to draw. I just, yeah, I really, I, I I feel sometimes folks like, yeah, I I need to give you guys a big thank you because what you did that, you did that for, that's not my skills or anything. You listen to the show. You made the show, this enormous behemoth in the conservative movement. Um, It's you. And um, that small moment made all the, early mornings and the hard work and the Fox hits late at night and hosting Levin and all the four or five jobs worth it. So uh, thanks a lot. It was really you and Joe. I'm telling I and I swear I am not messing with you, brother. Yeah. At least two, if not four or five people, because I couldn't keep track of how many people were screaming in my ear. At least two people. <laughs> came up to me and said, where's producer Joe? Where's producer <laughs> Joe? I said, he's up in Maryland. Yeah. He's up in Maryland. I said, I'll try to bring him down for one of these things. Thanks. So, yeah. All right. A uh, lot to talk about today. Rosenstein, 
Yesterday, um, up on the Hill, the media, of course, wants to jump down Trump's throat for a deranged maniac again uh, who goes into uh, the Capitol Gazette, shoots uh, shoots a place up, kills people um, instead of mourning, which is what we should all be doing when something like this happens. The media, of course, uh, these people want to paint Trump and, uh, you know, Trump calling out the media for lies as the cause of all this, which is uh, completely, utterly outrageous um, and ridiculous. I mean, you have think about it. You have Maxine Waters, right? Mm. who is actually calling for people to be harassed. Now, Joe, you and I, to be crystal clear, because media matters and these idiots at the Daily Beast who called out Sean Hannity and others, even though Sean said the opposite of what they say, you and I have been clear on this. Have we not from the start when it comes to this type of thing? Mm. People are responsible for their own actions. Bernie Sanders is not responsible for the imbecile, the maniac killer uh, who shot up the baseball field. No, you are responsible for your own actions. End of story. Having said that, I don't agree with calls for people to be harassed. They are not related. Though, if you if you hear that and you go out and do something violent, it is not Maxine Waters' fault. Right. Maxine Waters' fault is being an idiot herself mm-hmm. and calling for people to basically harass people in public, public, which is immoral. But violent acts by people that is their fault. Because, folks, this is very important. The effort to blame Donald Trump, to blame other people. Once you go down this road, you play right into this game. This free speech suppression game where speech is violence. Speech is not violence. Speech is speech. Violence is violence. And once you go down that path, people who want to destroy the constitutional republic, the maintenance of free speech, and your big R rights granted you by God, nobody else. The state does not give you the right to speak freely. God did. That constitution may protect it, but it grants you nothing. The problem with falling into this trap, whether it's blaming Maxine Waters for violence Mm -hmm. or blaming Donald Trump for what happened yesterday, is you play into this dangerous dangerous anti-civil liberties path where people equate, Joe, speech with violence. They are not the same thing. And it is an effort by people who are, are statists and people who want to empower the state to suppress the free speech of others so that they don't have to debate in an open forum. Mm-hmm. Right. When free speech is out there, Joe, what gets out there? Facts right. and data. When facts and data don't comport with your socialist arguments and your, your big ass state arguments, that becomes uncomfortable for you. So what is your you know, what's your natural instinct to want to suppress that? This is dangerous stuff. We should never fall in that trap and shame on all these people who took cheap shots at Sean Hannity. I was on his radio show yesterday when he made crystal clear that he absolutely disagrees with the rhetoric of Maxine Waters, Michael Moore, who's now saying, oh, we need to start sacrificing our bodies or throwing our bodies out in front of Trump. This is horrible stuff, but this is not you are responsible for your own disgusting, disturbing actions if you decide to ever engage in violence. Hence the last four or five shows where Joe and I have been begging people to walk back from this path. Please. Once you go down that path where violence is the answer, there is no turning back. There's no dialing it down. You've already crossed the red line. All right. I just wanted to get that out there about the shooting because there was just so much disturbing stuff. People just immediately, Joe, right to the narrative. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Body still right on the, the floor. Narrative. Right to the narrative. Right. To, it's just disgusting. I I was appalled. Jennifer Rubin at the Washington Post being one of the worst offenders. Um, all right. Let me get to the show. It was a kind of an interesting opening. I've been changing up the openings lately. Yeah. So. If we ever put this show on terrestrial radio, by the way, we're going to have to stick to a clock. You know that, right? No. Yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm used getting, to it. Yeah. 
What do you think of that, folks? There's some uh, some people uh, out there asking if we should take the podcast and stick it on regular radio for an hour. I like the idea. Yeah, I like it too. We would just have to stick to more of a normal show clock, which you and I never do. No. Because it's seven minutes and we still haven't we still haven't paid for the show. All right, today's show <laughs> brought to you by our buddies at Dynatrap. This is the be- I, you will not have an insect within seven thousand miles of your home if you, <laughs> if you use this product. All right, I'm exaggerating a bit, but I am not kidding how good this thing is. We put one out front where my wife sits when she does her uh, sometimes when she's working from home, she'll go sit out front. Yeah. Florida, the weather. There's not a there's not <laughs> insect within like 10 square miles of the house. So summertime's officially honest and the only thing more annoying than all this political bickering back and forth are flies, mosquitoes and other insects invading your home. So we'd like to thank our sponsors over at Dynatrap. Dynatrap is a leading manufacturer of outdoor mosquito and insect traps. And now they've just come out with the indoor Dynatrap fly light. This thing is great. Especially, you know, you, you open your doors a lot. You got a lot of bugs that fly in your house. They'll be there for about 10 seconds before the Dynatrap gets them. <laughs> the Dynatrap fly light looks like a subtle nightlight. Plugs into any indoor outlet. The Dynatrap fly light works day and night to attract to attract and trap flies, mosquitoes, and other pesky insects. And I'm telling you, this thing works. I've had, I had to change the trap early. It was so good. Uh, it's so easy. Slide it right out, new one right in. No problem at all. I've been using the Dynatrap fly light for, it says in the re a couple of days. I've actually been using it for a couple of weeks. Um, and it's crazy the number of flies, mosquitoes, and gnats this thing has caught that would otherwise be buzzing around your house and your food. You don't want these things landing on your food. Ew. You know, my wife and I, it's, that's gross. Uh, trust me, there's nothing more embarrassing and gross looking than hanging up that old school fly paper in your house. That was uh, really horrendous. You never know what kind of bacteria those flies are spreading. <laughs> Instead, visit Dynatrap.com. That's D-Y-N-A Trap.com. D-Y-N-A-T-R-A-P. Dynatrap.com. And enter the promo code Bongino. And you'll receive 15% off any of their products. They're outdoor products. They're indoor products. These things are great. Dynatrap, the safe, silent, and simple solution to household insect control. Dynatrap.com. All right. Thanks, Dynatrap. Okay. Um, one story I want to—I have a lot to get to today. So if I, if I motor through this quick because it's a Friday, please forgive me. But it's important stuff. Uh, I wanted to point out as well the the New York fourteen soon to be congresswoman. It appears this uh, Ocasio Cortez woman who is a socialist who beat Joe Crowley, uh, a very very powerful Democrat member of the House of Representatives. Uh, you've probably heard the story by now. It was an upset on par with. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Eric Cantor losing his spot to Dave Bratt. Uh, th- th- you know, I listen, I got to give the woman some credit for her tactics. Her political ideology is dangerous, disturbing, and will 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 cause the economic destruction of the United States. But Joe, having run for office myself and nearly pulled off a, 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 an upset, which would have been, wouldn't you say, on par? That um, Man, that, no, your upset would have been much bigger to, in my I mean, eyes because that was completely blue over there. Yeah, yeah. It was blue, and ours... I, I mean, no one on the planet, not only certain people were like laughing at us. Yeah. So I ran against uh, a Democrat congressman and I won the primary. This was a primary she was in. But I ran in the general and she emulated some of the same tactics we did. I mean, I'm not, she didn't get the idea from us. We didn't invent it. I'm just suggesting to you that if you ever want to run for Congress, there is a you're you, responsible you, for this. aren't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, Bongino. By, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, you, a socialist, got elected. It's a damn Bongino. That'll be the quote you, in the Daily Beast. Uh, you, yeah. You're good, you, you. Yeah. Um, if you're ever going to run for Congress and you want to pull off an upset like this, listen, the chances are nil. I mean, they're really small. I want to be honest with you. People call me all the time and say, should I run? But I'm telling you, 
If you can get a guy who's complacent or a woman in Congress who's complacent, thinks you have no chance, they don't show up, they send surrogates to debates, and you are willing to go out and knock until your fingers bleed. I knocked personally. I'm not kidding. It's not like, oh, look at me. Stan Bongino show up. So I'm telling these are just facts. I knocked on over 7,000 doors myself. My team knocked on 55,000. If you are willing to do that and go meet people face to face and talk to them, we had a we had a we had a hard number, hundred doors a day. Now I know that because we kept the spreadsheet of all the campaign volunteers and how many doors they knock on, and we'd give them like uh, you know uh, accolades and little awards for all the doors and stuff. They, mm-hmm. I was number one. I knocked on the most myself. I was the candidate. Now that's which shouldn't sound surprising, but in most campaigns it is because a lot of candidates won't do it. Folks, we were projected to lose that race by about thirty points. We lost by one. Yeah. We actually won on election night. Right. We lost on the absentee count three days later. You know, if you see my, if you ever read my second book, The Fight, go pick it up. There's some really cool pictures in the middle of election night where, uh, where the race had been called for us on one of the stations. And my wife and I are like going crazy. Ah, then you see the pictures hours later. We're like, well, not really. <laughs> Looks like Delaney may have a shot on the absentee count. But I'm just telling you that it is possible if you're willing to do that. She did that. Now, here's the problem. Leftists have this love affair with politicians because they love state power. And they, they, they inv- I've used the term the golden calf effect before. You know, they had it with Obama. They fall in love with their politicians. And already I'm seeing this cult of personality kind of develop around Ocasio-Cortez. You see it, Joe. If yeah. you put her name in Twitter, oh, this is the next big thing. They wanted to run for president. They want Now, listen. Some of us on the right do this as well, but I, I just want to leave it at this because I've got some experience in the arena here. I'm not saying this to knock anyone. I, you know me. I've, uh, I'm a very humble guy. I'm a sinner. I have said to you over and over, I'm not anybody's role model. I'm not trying to be. I'm just a guy upset at the process who does a lot of homework, so you don't have to. You can listen to my show because you don't have time. A lot of you going to work and have jobs. I do it for you. That's it. That's all this is. I appreciate all your kind words, but... I'm never to be put on any pedestal and shame if you do. But that goes for politicians, too. And if any of you leftists are listening who are already idolizing this woman and already ready to put her on a pedestal and have her run for president, take over your lives. I want you to understand what she's running on. What she's running on is taking away your economic liberty, your health care liberty, your kids education freedom. And basically, basic freedoms you've had cherished while you've been a resident of the Constitutional Republic for most of your adult life. Think that through. Deliberate long and hard on this before you consider a golden calfing another politician willing to take away your liberties. The woman's a socialist. A hardcore socialist. Meaning, your, your liberty is going to be taken away, sucked away like a vacuum for her, for uh, to empower her and her socialist cronies. Give me a break, please. Stop the love affair stuff. I've met these people in person. Now, I'll leave it here. I, left the, I met a lot of them in person. They will disappoint you. That's why, by the way, I came out so strongly yesterday for Mike Lee. Mm. And I get it. A lot of you didn't agree. That's fine. For the Supreme Court, by the way. I'm telling you that. And Joe, have I not told you this off the record? Joe's asked me many times. Because we, Joe meets probably more politicians than I do, ironically, because Joe's at a radio station mm. all day where politicians come in and want airtime. Right. It's a pretty prominent station Joe works at in Baltimore. 
They get so much free publicity from us, don't I, they? I know. We're WCBS. picking up listeners around the country on the internet. <laughs> I know. It's because uh, people call in the station sometimes the morning with Joe. If you want to call yeah. it WCBM, that's Joe that answers. They're like, is that producer Joe? Yeah. That's producer. I think more people listen to CBM for you than for the hosts. <laughs> no, they're great. Sean and Frank are great. But Joe meets a lot of them. They will disappoint you. And Joe's yes. asked me a couple times, you know, have you ever had people who hadn't disappointed you? I said, yeah, Mike Lee. He's really one of the only guys. At Rand Paul, too. You don't have to agree. I'm just telling you, this is a man of deep character, and that's why I, I brought that up yesterday. I, some of you disagreed. A lot of you did agree. And by the way, to answer one question that I got a lot on email, yes, Mike Lee can vote for himself to approve himself. He can. He is a U.S. senator. Mm-hmm. If, he, if he becomes the nominee for the, the Associate Supreme Court Justice, yes, he can vote for himself. So that let me answer that question. Um, okay, uh, let's get to Rosenstein yesterday. Uh, Rosenstein, excuse me, Rod Rosenstein yesterday up on the Hill. Um, what a disaster. I mean, I hate to get personal with this stuff, but, I mean, he came off like a jerk, just like a smug jerk yesterday, and he's playing word games. Now, the... Weapon of choice for swamp rats, as I've said to you repeatedly, hat tip Michelle Malkin, is euphemisms and word games. Swamp rats love that all the time. They played that word game with the spy thing with Stefan Halper. Oh, even the spy he was an undocumented FBI informant. He was a spy, you knuckleheads. I want to play this cut right now of Rosenstein playing word games with a very good man, another guy who's never disappointed me at all, Jim Jordan, who's trying to get to the bottom of Rosenstein's um, allegations that Rosenstein threatened members of Congress and their staffs for investigating him and potential malfeasance at the DOJ. Listen to this snarky, unnecessary, absurd response from a guy that's supposed to be a public servant when asked a legitimate question by Jim Jordan. Mr. Rosenstein, did you threaten staffers on the House Intelligence Committee? Media reports indicate you did. Media reports are mistaken. Sometimes. But this is what they said. Having the nation's Number one law enforcement officer threatened to subpoena your calls and emails is downright chilling. Did you threaten to subpoena their calls and emails? No, sir, and there's no way to subpoena phone calls. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm reading what the press said. I'm reading well, what the I, press said. I would said. suggest that you not rely on what the press said, sir. Well, I didn't ask if there's no way to do it. I asked if you said it. If I said what? What I just read you. No, I did not. Well, now, who are we supposed to believe? Staff members who we've worked with, who've never misled us, or you guys, who we've caught hiding information from us, who tell a witness not to answer our questions, who are we supposed to believe? Thank you for making clear it's not personal, Mr. Jordan. This guy, this guy's the worst. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. This guy is the worst. He is just... How do you... Let's walk through what happened. This guy's a public servant, okay? This guy is right now effectively heading the Department of Justice as the Deputy Attorney General. He's the, he's the dag right now. Sessions has recused himself. There are credible allegations by media outlets that he, while, while being asked about uh, his actions during the Hillary Clinton and, uh, and the, uh, the, the Hillary Clinton investigation, the Spygate investigation, that Rosenstein responded by threatening to subpoena the phone calls um, or the, the phone records of members of Congress. In other words, he counted, oh, you're going to investigate me? I'm going to investigate you. Now you can't leave, doing a Chaz Palminteri from the Bronx Tale. Yeah. Yeah, hey. So Jordan, reading, by the way, folks, reading the press reports, 
He says, is it true, according to his press report, that you subpoenaed phone calls? So Rosenstein, just a little background on Rosenstein, of course, being the wise guy that he is, instead of being an upstanding public servant and, ans- and, and answering the darn questions, Rosenstein says, you can't subpoena phone calls. <sighs> That's the press report. Yes, he's technically right. Jordan's quoting, the, what he means is, a subpoena, which is not a warrant, a subpoena ducitecum or ad testificatum. Ducitecum is produce documents or produce papers, produce records. A subpoena ad testificatum is a subpoena you get to go testify. It just means it's a, it's a, it's a court document that you have to produce a document, uh, produce stuff, or you have to show up. Simple right. as that. A warrant is different. A warrant is a is a you get a search warrant. We have to produce a probable cause statement. Why you think evidence exists in a certain location? Mm-hmm. Why you think a crime was committed? That's different. To get phone calls, in other words, to wiretap a call, yes, you are going to need a warrant to do that. The whole Title Three process, um, it's complicated. To get phone records, you just need a subpoena. You can just basically walk into a United States attorney, ask for the records, produce why you need them. Um, they will draft up a quick subpoena. It's signed off on you go, give it to the phone company. That's how it works. So instead of answering the question, honestly, what does he do? He goes back to euphemisms, word games. And, well, you can't subpoena. For-. He knows exactly what Jordan was sure. saying. He's just being a jerk and he's playing word games. Now, Rosenstein is doing this because, as I said to you yesterday, he is knee deep in this whole thing. He was asked again by a member of Congress. I, I, I believe it was Ron DeSantis or Matt Gates. I'm not sure which one. Uh, Ron DeSantis uh, or, and asked him at one point. Forgive me. I'm not sure if it was DeSantis or Gates. I want to be precise. One of them asked him, Mr. Rosenstein, did you read the FISA application? In other words, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court application to spy on the members of the Trump team. You signed one of them, which he did which is why I told you yesterday he should recuse himself. They asked him, did you read it? He wouldn't answer the question. Ladies, gentlemen, this guy is in a world of trouble right now. He is ducking. He is running. He's relying on euphemisms, word games, snarky attitude. And let me tell you something. Rod Rosenstein did himself no favors yesterday at all. Zero. None. All right. Um, let me see. Oh, another question I got about yesterday's hearing that's important. I want to address. Uh, came up on email a lot. Why can't Trump just declassify everything in the case and order the DOJ to produce the documents? He can, folks. Rosenstein works for Trump. Here's the problem. And I want to hat tip Andy McCarthy, who turned me on to this theory. Um, I was watching him last night, and I've been doing a lot of reading about his stuff. Andy McCarthy, Fox News contributor and National Review uh, online contributor as well. Folks, yes, yes. Trump can declassify everything. So the legitimate question is, well, why the heck not? Just order Rosenstein to produce the darn documents and the story. McCarthy says, and I believe he's basing this on strong sourcing. I know Andy well. Andy knows a lot of people that Trump's getting really bad advice, folks. Um, He's getting bad advice from insiders who are afraid of an obstruction of justice charge. Joe, by the way, again, what was the purpose of Bob Mueller? To throw a wrench into the Trump presidency and hide the mistakes in the Clinton team. By the way, don't go anywhere on the show. I've got another bombshell on that one, by the way. But apparently Mueller and Mueller's team have gotten under the skin of people in the White House and they're afraid. 
They're afraid anybody who gives advice otherwise will be brought down by an obstruction charge by Mueller. Anybody who even tells Joe Armacosta, who's now fulfilling the role of President Trump, Joe, you can declassify this whole thing. That if I say it to him, that I could be brought up on obstruction. You get what I'm saying? Everybody at the White House is running scared of this Mueller probe, which was the whole purpose of the Mueller probe. It was never there to investigate Russia. It was to make sure the Trump team was pinned in the corner with these ridiculous charges and the Clinton cover-up would be allowed to continue. So McCarthy's theory is that, that they're afraid, Joe, that if they intervene in this in any way by telling Rosenstein, produce the documents now, yesterday, they're afraid that they're going to be roped into an obstruction charge. Now, I know, Andy, uh, like I said, I'm not name dropping, folks. I just he he doesn't say things uh, flippantly or haphazardly. I think he's right. So the answer to your question is yes. And no, yes, Trump can declassify and order Rosenstein to put everything out there tomorrow. No, they won't because the Mueller team is under their skin, which is a real travesty, folks, because justice is not being done at all. Um, And Rosenstein should be ashamed. That sound clip, that is what just answer the question, man. You know, I said something I got to read here, but this is important. Um, When I was a Secret Service agent, I don't remember this at all, Joe. I don't know if I brought this up on the show yesterday or maybe on NRA TV, mm. uh, but I, I was, when I was an agent, if the White House said something or the DHS secretary said something or you got a call from Congress, folks, I'm just telling you the facts. You can agree with this or disagree with this, but you know, it, nothing would you know make me prouder than to say, yeah, we, we stood up the Secret Service, all these agents, and we didn't take guff from any... No, that's not what happened at all. When I was an agent, if you got a complaint from the White House staff, the God forbid, the president, the DHS secretary or a member of Congress, it was a big deal. It was a huge deal. You got to talk into real quick, right quick, as they sit down here. You got it. I mean, and it was usually a stern yeah, one. Sure. I was not an FBI agent, but I did notice it's not a knock on the men and women who were actually doing the grunt work out there. But at the management level of the FBI, I did notice in some of my dealings with them that there is an institutional kind of calcification. Like, no, 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 we're you know you're not going to touch us. Like, you don't know we've been around forever, and you're going to disappear, and we can investigate you. I did kind of notice a standoffishness, and and it, it I never I never sense that anywhere else. And I don't know, Joe, if it was a. With the Secret Service and the DEA and the ATF, the fact that we're out there working with actual street cops all the time, mm-hmm. that gave us more of a fear of of the Washington, D.C. machine. You get what I'm saying? Like, we were more cops. Yeah. You know, with the Secret Service, you're doing a security plan. Um, you're out there. You're on the ground. The cops are... Re- when you're doing a, a security plan for an airport with the Secret Service, 99% of your plan are cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's probably 10 agents on the ground. There's probably 200 cops. You 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 better you better kiss their butts. Sure. You know what Let's I'm saying? Get along because here. they're yeah. the one, right you are darn right. Let's yeah. get along or they'll pull their people and you'll be screwed. You'll be left with uh, you know Joey Bag of Donuts manning the fence outside JFK Airport. Ugh. Joey ba- Joey, you know who'll be next? Shifty. Shifty. <laughs> Shifty be out there. It'll be Sh- Shifty. Hey, Shifty. You got that guy you at a checkpoint watching those pins? Yeah, you'll have nothing. <laughs> The DEA, same thing. These DEA guys, they work major drug investigations with with cops and task forces. Um, ATF, same thing. The Bureau guys are very insulated. 
the management level bureau guys are very insulated. And I think they get this feeling like it's us against them. We can investigate anyone we want for any reason. We're going to do what we want. The Bureau and DOJ guys, they get this feeling like, hey, man, you're not going to encroach on our turf. It's not your turf, dude. It's our turf. You work for us. You're not an independent branch of government. You're not. I don't know where Rosenstein's getting this, but I'm just as a. A guy who's been there, boots on the ground, work with these people. I feel an obligation to give you an insider's perspective of what I think is happening. I mean, it's not obviously a scientific analysis of the psychology of management at the FBI. I'm just telling you in my experience, our guys are on the ground every day working with real cops, real time, real people. And you you almost get this fear. I'm not saying that it's great that the Secret Service was terrified of the president. They were. I mean, we probably should have stood up for ourselves a little more. But, man, you got a call from Congress. It was over, Johnny. And they complained? Oh, man. I remember a Nassau County executive complaining. The guy wasn't even like a a national-level politician. And and the boss was like, hey, man, we got to fix this. I'm like, why? He didn't want to – I forget what it was. He didn't want to go in the back door. He wanted to walk in the front door or something like that until he looked all important. I'm like, no, 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 no. He can go in the back door. The boss was like, dude, you better fix this quick. (laughs) Right quick. (laughs) (laughs) Happens all the time. All right. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at We The People Holsters. Folks, these are the best holsters out there. I love these things. And you're not going to beat the price. I've been getting tons of great feedback. I send them on, by the way. If you have uh, great feedback about one of our sponsors, which uh, we always get, I send them right on to Westwood. They send them right on to the people. So they read them. And when they come from us, they mean something, too, because it shows our listeners supporting these products. And this is a really good one. They sent me a free sample of their holster. And... uh, you know, I get a lot, like I told you, I get a lot of stuff here and there, and they want to try stuff out, and people send me books and all kinds of other stuff. I got this. I was like, this is terrific. Uh, we the People Holsters are custom-made holsters made right here in the USA. They don't use any of these third-party molds. They design them right there in Las Vegas. They cut every mold precisely to fit each gun perfectly. I'm not kidding. You place your firearm in there. I want you to look around how snug the fit is. They update their designs. They add new designs every month. Keeps them up to date on new models that come out. When they tell you that their designs are up to date and they do them in-house and use their own molds, they mean it. They measure every micromillimeter of the firearm for the perfect fit. You can adjust the cant and the ride, which is really just an easy way of saying you can make it more comfortable for you. They have four holes on the clip that match up with four on the holster. So you can change the cant and you can change the cant while adjusting the ride too on the holster. Make it real comfortable. You can adjust the tension. It's just one screw. Super simple. Tighten the screw. You're done. More tension, tighten the screw. Less tension, loosen the screw. No problem at all. Their custom printed designs are are printed in-house. Thin blue line. They have thin red line. Constitution camo. They have designs for women. An American flag. More come out each month. Their holster start is just $34. It's the best $34 you're ever going to spend in your life. But here's the deal. Every holster comes with a lifetime guarantee. Lifetime guarantee. Every holster ships free. And if it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a refund, which just doesn't matter because it is a perfect fit. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. That's wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Use promo code Dan. You'll get $10 off. That means the holster's just $24 with free shipping. Come on. You ain't going to get a better price than that. And by the way, I said to someone the other day, on the, I'm doing this read, Joe. Someone, well, someone who emailed me heard it on the show. They do have these kind of one size fits all, like in the pants type holsters, right? Mm-hmm. They're the worst. They're the absolute worst. I've, it, it, 
Someone does go. Oh no, they don't have a one size fit. Yes, they do. I've seen them. People, they're the worst. The gun falls out. It's not comfortable. You can't adjust anything. That's why you want to go wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan and go check them out. He'll give you that. uh, Give you that uh, money off with the promo code too. Okay. Uh, Let's see. I knew I'd get into. It always always happens. I have ten stories and I only get to a few of them. If you're a regular listener to the show, you know that I have been all over the Mueller probe. The Mueller probe, to me, is is nothing but a witch hunt. It's been nothing but a witch hunt from the start. But it's not just that. See, you know, anybody can say that. Oh, it's a witch hunt. Witch hunt. I think I have produced for you over the last hundred shows now, since episode 628 on, the famous 628, pretty solid and substantial evidence that the Mueller probe, at least according to what we know and what sources have said and what's been exposed publicly now by court documents, the Mueller probe is not just a witch hunt on Donald Trump. It's an effort, I believe, to silence people who have information on the Clintons. Uh, Now, some of you now, this has led to an interesting thing. I'm going to try to explain this to you, and it's kind of some email back and forth I've had with people um, who disagree with me a little bit. There's a theory out there, and I'm not knocking anyone. Don't take this personal. Whenever I say this, the people who have this theory get really upset, but not, it's not personal. There is a theory out there, Joe, that Mueller is, a fa- is, in fact, a good guy, that Mueller's really engaged in this long-term effort to clean up the government and go after Clinton people. That's why a lot of the people Mueller's been targeting in the probe, uh, whether it's Manafort, Vexelberg, Pinchuk, uh, others, a lot of these people have significant ties to the Clintons. So the, some of them call it the Mueller white hat theory, that Mueller's really a good guy. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, sourcing, research, the book, as has been my whole life for the last six months, this case, there is almost zero evidence that that is true. Mueller has ruthlessly and relentlessly gone after Trump people. He has, I mean, the Flynn case alone, Mike Flynn uh, being uh, arrested and prosecuted for false statements to the FBI while the FBI simultaneously acknowledged there was no signs of deception is evidence alone. Yeah. There's more, by the way, evidence alone that Mueller is not acting with good intent. The prosecution of Papadopoulos for a false statements charge is utterly absurd. The prosecution of these Russian troll farms um, and these Russian troll farms, they show up to court and say, well, we'd like to see the evidence we can defend ourselves. And the Mueller team's already panicking. Listen, if those Russian troll farms are guilty, go get them. But man, you better have a solid case. And it certainly doesn't seem now like they do. There's another break in this case, which I think hammers home again and completely scraps this uh, Mueller white hat theory. Article in ABC News. Be in the show notes today. Please, I strongly encourage you to read it. There's some good articles there up at Bongino.com today. Another target. Now, I always say remember the names. Has reappeared again, Mm -hmm. according to inside sources with knowledge of the Mueller probe. Remember, Joe? Remember the names? Remember the names? Do you remember the name Victor Vexelberg? Some of you are like, Vexelberg, Vexelberg. Vexelberg apparently has become a target of Mueller again. Remember, remember the operating theory here. Mueller is targeting people with ties to the Clintons. Why? To shut them up. Because he's not investigating them for their work with the Clintons. He's trying to shut them up on that. He's investigating them for ties to the Trump team, which are loose at best. Here's what I mean. ABC News story. You know, the, the, the gist of the story is this. The the PIC, which is the Presidential Inaugural Committee, PIC, yeah. 
that they those inaugural balls and all that that's not government funded the security is but a lot of that is funded by private donations so the story in abc news like they they make it out like it's a big conspiracy joke they're like Millions of dollars were donated by oligarchs from Russia. Millions to get tickets to inaugural balls. Oh, my gosh. There were Russians at the inaugural balls. You think this is the first time this is happening? What were they doing there? Building nuclear weapons? No, they showed up at inaugural balls. That's your story? That's your. Let me get this straight. That's your story. So we're analyzing Obama's uh, uh, pick donations, too? No, we're not. Of course, we're only doing Trump's. So the story is that a couple of Russians um, had donated some money to get access to these inaugural balls and events and it donated the money to the pick. Now, one of those people, again, under investigation here, apparently, according to ABC News and the uh, what Mueller's interested in is Victor Vexelberg. Now, again, person number 6,246 that is deeply connected to Clinton operations and some of the things nefariously the Clintons were up to who is now being investigated because he's already been interviewed. They took him off a, off a, off a plane when he got out of an airport to interview him apparently a while ago, Vexelberg. Some of you already know the story, but let me just repeat this, why this is of interest to you. Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Mueller is investigating Vexelberg for what again? For, for uh, making a donation to the pick to show up at an inaugural ball? Do you know Vexelberg? You know what he runs? Let me see. Let me see. Vexelberg. What was he in charge of again? Oh, Skolkovo. Skolkovo. Remember, this is, remember the Alamos can be, remember Skolkovo. This is, Skolkovo is the 650 pound gorilla in the room for the Clintons. Vexelberg runs the Skolkovo operation. What is Skolkovo? Skolkovo was a Russian attempt to remake Silicon Valley in Russia to get a technology hub in Russia. And you say, okay, well, what's wrong with Mm. that? Well, the problem with the technology hub in Russia is it was being used according to our intelligence agencies. The Skolkovo project was not being used to develop technology in so much as it was being used to steal military technology to use that the Russians would use. And there are credible allegations out there that some of the technology stolen was used to build a deadly hypersonic missile, which would be used to kill us or American soldiers and some of our allies. Skolkovo is the scandal. Folks, I, I can't, I can't hammer this home to you in strong enough terms. Skolkovo is the scandal. What does this have to do with the Clintons and Vexelberg? Vexelberg is the grand pooba of the Skolkovo operation. He is running this thing. 17 of the 20 plus companies that participated in the Skolkovo project donated significant sums of money to the Clinton Foundation, folks. To the Clinton Foundation. Vexelberg was running this. Vexelberg has that. What is the the uh, the allegations against the Clinton Foundation have been from the beginning that it's been an op and influence operation to get money for the personal benefit of the Clintons while using government power. Those have been the allegations from the start. If one of those things is the Skolkovo project and companies involved in a Skolkovo project, a project that the Russians used to steal sensitive military technology to build the world's most dangerous weapons. If the reason a blind eye was turned and it was 
Joe, blind eye. Everybody's closing their eyes to Skokovo. If the reason was because they paid and lobbied people in the United States and paid money, some of these companies, to participate and make all that go away, oh, boy, do we got trouble. Vexelberg is another guy who's now it the list goes on and on and on of people investigated by the Mueller team for at best loose ties to the Trump team while deeply involved in some of the Clinton's questionable behavior guys ladies if this if Mueller was a white hat why isn't Vexelberg under investigation for these operations with the Clintons and Skolkovo some of you may come back and say well Dan you don't know he's not okay fair enough I don't have conclusive proof I don't have conclusive proof that Mueller, and, and let me let me just be clear with you because this is I, I I'll humble myself here gladly. If it turns out in two months, three months, or a year from now that Bob Mueller refers out multiple indictments for Clinton Foundation officials for their involvement in Skolkovo, I will happily. It will be the best day of my life. I am not kidding. Uh, this is not virtue signaling or humble bragging. I will come on this show and go. You know what? For the betterment of the country, I'm glad I was wrong. I mean right. it. Bob Mueller did the right thing. I'm just telling you there is no evidence of that at this point at all. None that that's actually happening. The evidence here is strong. Mueller's connected to Rosenstein. Rosenstein's connected to Weissman. They're all, they all know Jim Comey. This is, a, a, this is just a, a, a malicious circle of swamp rats. The evidence to me is clear now that Mueller is going after these people to shut them up so they won't talk about the Clinton operation. Vexelberg and Skolkovo, this is the scandal, and they're investigating him for a a, a ticket to an inaugural ball? Are you kidding me? Hey, Victor, you better keep your mouth shut about that other stuff. What other stuff? That Clinton stuff. Oh, I got it. Yeah, then we'll leave you alone on this... uh, on this ticket to the uh, the uh, the Chick Fil A ball at the, uh, uh, no, <laughs> I don't think there was a Chick Fil A ball, but you get the point. It wasn't. I'm just being. You get the point. Now it's not the only one. I'm not going to go through the litany of people, but because I have some more information here, it again makes me believe something suspicious is going on behind the scenes. Of course, you have Victor Pinchuk as well. Made millions of dollars of donations to the Clinton Foundation. I've seen numbers ranging from 10 to $25 million. This is not an insignificant sum of money. Pinchuk was invited to the Clinton's house. We have the email exchanges. The Clinton team denied any knowledge of that, that uh, dinner invitation to the house, although the Clinton team set it up. What's Pinchuk being investigated for? By the way, that denial. Oh, oh, we don't know Pinchuk. Pinchuk, oh, we don't remember inviting him to the house. Yeah, we have the email. You invite him to Clinton's house. Pinchuk's being investigated for a speaking fee hmm. to Trump. He paid like $100,000 for Trump to do great. It's not, even a, it's not even remotely illegal. Again, hey, Victor, you may want to shut up about that Clinton stuff you're up to. Here's another one. Killer article in the show notes. It's from The Guardian, which is a far left-leaning outlet. Hmm. But it's interesting because I think the Guardian, again, I don't think they're savvy enough to realize that they're actually painting a picture of Mueller team malfeasance. I don't, I'm not sure they know this. Devastating article. I've been waiting for a couple. Of, it's, it's actually a couple, uh, uh, I think about a week old or so. There's an article about another name that may sound familiar. You guys remember Oleg Deripaska? Yes, we do. Now, 
Deripaska has become a central figure in the Mueller investigation as well. Mm-hmm. I encourage you whenever you hear a figure, by the way, yeah, let me, can I give, can I give you all a quick tip? Yeah. Joe, you too. Yeah. Whenever a name leaks about the Mueller probe, which will happen about happens about every three weeks, you'll see a new name creep out. Just Google that name and the Clintons. That's as simple as that. that does that not work? <laughs> is that not the easy? That's a uh, that is the Dan Bongino. That's how I do it. I see a name and I Google them and, I, and there it is. It's right there every single time. Deripaska. What's Deripaska's connection to this whole thing? Mueller is now. Uh, hammering Deripaska for a uh, $10 million loan and some payments he made to Manafort. Now, again, I don't know what Manafort did or didn't do. I'm pretty confident, though, that Manafort is being investigated as well to shut down who? Just Google Manafort, Clintons. And what do you see? Who was Manafort's business partner on all of these deals uh, that the Mueller finds suspicious? Oh, 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 the Podesta team. Podesta, you know, you know, uh, Tony Podesta, whose brother is John Podesta, who's Clinton's oldest ally. John Podesta is her right hand man. They were partners. The Podesta team was partners with Manafort. Hey, Paul, we're going to investigate you. You better shut up about that Podesta stuff. You Do you see what's happening mm-hmm. here now? Getting back to Deripaska, I don't want to lose you. Deripaska, it's alleged, paid millions of dollars uh, to Manafort for lobbying and other things. Some business deals went awry. Um, and those those uh, payments are being investigated by Mueller as an attempt at an influence operation, Joe. Hmm. In other words, Deripaska, the allegations are, was trying to gain access to the Trump team through Manafort. That's what the article alludes to if you read it. Pretty simple to understand. This prominent Russian, if you're fixated with this Russian collusion narrative, the narrative is this prominent Russian paid money to Manafort basically to get to Trump. Interestingly enough, though, Manafort's business partner were Clinton and uh, Clinton's uh, consigliere's, uh, or the Italians get it for consigliere, uh, get, uh, the, 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 the brother. That was the partner on this. Now. The Deripaska name is resurfaced because of a new loan. Apparently, some $10 million loan was made to Manafort, um, and they believe that was another attempt to get to Trump through Manafort. Mm. You know what's interesting about this? I see this article uh, last week in The Guardian, which is in the show today, that the lobbyist, another lobbyist that Deripaska hires, just to be clear, this is the Russian, they're saying trying to influence the Trump team by paying off Manafort, right? That's the allegation. He hired a lobbyist named Adam Waldman. Oh, remember the names again? You're like, Waldman, I know that name if you're if following this mm-hmm. case like I have. It's all in my book, by the way, which is coming out soon. Whenever I get to sign in that contract. <laughs> I've, been too, I've been too busy lately. Adam Waldman's name resurfaces recently. This is what the article is about. Adam Waldman just paid nine visits. They found this out according to some paperwork. He made nine visits to a very interesting person overseas. So the lobbyist working for the Russian, who, according to allegations, is paying off uh, Manafort to get to Trump, right? All right. The lobbyist working for the Russian paid nine visits to Julian Assange. Wow, the WikiLeaks guy. Huh. Of course, bells and whistles went off in my head because, again, this is my life for the last six months, and I remember the names and make connections quite quickly. Julian Assange, why is he important in this Russia case? 
Ladies and gentlemen, the entire Russian collusion case is premised on the alleged DNC hack by the Russians. Now, I say alleged because nobody can confirm that the DNC was hacked by the Russians. We can confirm their emails were leaked, but nobody knows if it was hacked. It could have been an inside job. Why? Because the DNC has never let the FBI in there. The DNC had CrowdStrike, a private company with ties to uh, Atlantic Council, Pinchuk, and all these other names. The DNC has never confirmed through law enforcement they were hacked. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. Put a period past that sentence. Take a breath and digest what I told you because none of this story will make sense if you don't understand that. The DNC hack was never confirmed by law enforcement. Ever. They never got the opportunity. The DNC would not let them in. Which, of course, begs the question, well, why not? The Democratic National Committee, the whole case is that the Russians hacked the DNC, stole the DNC emails, and worked with the Trump team to get those DNC emails out there to embarrass Hillary Clinton and help Trump win. Ladies and gentlemen, if the DNC wasn't hacked, this entire case falls apart. Right. Who leaked the, air quotes, hacked emails? That, again, could have been an inside job, may not have been hacked at all. Who leaked them? WikiLeaks, run by Julian Assange. Assange. So the guy running the operation that's alleged, uh, well, no, well, they did, that they're not, they did leak the DNC emails that are alleged to have been hacked. Julian Assange, running WikiLeaks, they leaked these DNC emails. A guy who represents a lobbyist who represents a Russian who's now under investigation for payments to Manafort. The same guy representing that Russian goes and pays a visit to the guy who leaked the DNC emails, who has been saying the entire time, by the way, Assange, Joe, we didn't get these emails from the Russians. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You find that a little weird? Shifty! We're shifting. We're shifting now. So Waldman, Adam Waldman, the lobbyist, follow me here, who's been communicating with Mark Warner, Democratic member of Congress, trying to set up meetings with Christopher Steele, trying to set up uh, meetings and coordinating with Dan Jones, Diane Feinstein's staffer, who's still working with Fusion GPS to get dirt on Trump. This lobbyist who knows all the players in this, Adam Waldman, he knows the British spy who worked for Hillary. He knows the staffer who worked for Dianne Feinstein, who's still working to dig up Trump. He knows Oleg Deripaska. He's a lobbyist for him. The Russian who's alleged to be at the center of this, he's paying for access to the Trump team, is also visiting the guy who runs WikiLeaks, who actually leaked the DNC emails, who's been saying the whole time, it ain't the Russians that did it. What the heck is Adam Waldman doing? What the heck is he doing? What is Adam Waldman doing visiting Julian Assange nine times? Does Julian know where the emails came from? Does Adam Waldman know Julian Assange knows where the emails came from? And ladies and gentlemen, God forbid those emails did not come from the Russians. You understand this entire nonsensical garbage house of cards would fall apart tomorrow? 
Are you tracking, Joe? You tracking mm-hmm. me? Yeah. Because this, I, I understand this is complicated. Yeah, this isn't too hard. No, this, this is this is okay. Okay, yeah. because and folks, please read the piece in the Guardian. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Guardian gets it. I think the Guardian really believes that investigating Deripaska, which is what Mueller's doing, is providing evidence, hardcore evidence that look, look what this guy he paid money to Trump's former campaign manager, trying to get access to Trump. I don't know what he was trying to get access to. All I can tell you is that the same guy working with that guy, Adam Waldman, he lobbies for this Russian who they're telling, mm-hmm. by the way, their swearings connected to the Trump team in an influence operation. The same guy connected to Deripaska is the same guy connected to Christopher Steele. What does Deripaska know? What does Waldman know? Why is Waldman visiting Julian Assange? Ladies and gentlemen, if it comes out later that, God forbid, this DNC hack was an inside job and wasn't a hack after all, this entire thing will have been bad enough. We have a spygate that the Trump team was spied on. Bad enough. We have evidence. If you've been listening to the show, the Trump team was framed. Mm -hmm. Not only were they framed, but in conjunction with compliant media, media hacks more than willing. To accept this, they lied to the American people the whole time. Assange is claiming to have that information. Whether he does or doesn't, I don't trust Julian Assange. I just want to be candid with you. I don't. But I do trust the facts. And if the Guardian's reporting is accurate, and the lobbyist who is connected to everyone, Diane Feinstein, staffer, Mark Warner, Christopher Steele, Fusion GPS, a lobbyist, Deripaska, he's connected. If a lobbyist is visiting him, he's visiting there for a reason. You're not taking a trip to the Ecuadorian embassy nine times to go have tea and crumpets. They're hiding something. And what better person than a lobbyist with easily erased ties to government people and Democrats? What better person than a lobbyist to make that go away? Now, just to show you what kind of BS I think, you know, and and let me just be candid again. I'm not sure exactly what Manafort did and didn't do. I don't know him. I'm certainly not vouching for him. I'm just telling you, I think targeting Manafort is another way to keep quiet the connections between the Podesta group, which are connected uh, through through John Podesta. At least John Podesta is connected to Hillary Clinton. The brother's the one running the Podesta group. I think the investigation of Manafort, the sole purpose is to shut Manafort up about that. Now, more evidence that I think the case against Manafort's weak, Joe. Washington Times, Rowan Scarborough today, be in the show notes. Quote from this. Although there have been press reports that Mr. Manafort was captured on U.S. intercepts speaking with Russian officials. Wow, that would be big. Mr. Mueller, in now public documents, has told the defendant he has no such evidence, according to a court filing. This is huge. This is in the Washington Times report. This house somehow escaped any media scrutiny yesterday. I don't know how. A piece will be up in the show notes. So all we've been hearing in the press the entire time about how how Manafort was so guilty. They have him on tape. They have him talking to all these Russians. Mm -hmm. Now that the court filings are, just to be clear, this just came out. The court filings were public just recently. Mueller has now told the defendant, uh, Manafort, he has no such evidence, according to the court filing. Wow. Oh, boy. Folks, I'm telling you, this thing stinks. They were spied on. They were framed. 
The story's a lie. And there are people working behind the scenes, whether lobbyists or whatever, who are connected to people to cover up and clean up the Clinton mess right now and to make sure the story of what really happened to those DNC emails never, ever gets out. Oh, boy. It only gets how that escaped people. I, I don't understand. You've been told the whole time. Oh, they got Manafort on tape talking. Oh, no, we don't. We don't have any of that. OK. <laughs> OK, cool. Thanks. All right. Uh, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at WaxRx. I got one more story. When I get to it, it's a pretty good one. You know how much I love my sponsors and I'll only work with companies I believe in and have a product or service that is of value to you because I care. By the way, just quickly, I got an email yesterday. You know who you are because my wife responded to you about WaxRx mm-hmm. and how well it works. It's it's a good email, but it's a good email for the it, for the wrong reasons. I can't read it on here, but he, this guy had a blockage in his ear and apparently didn't know. When you listen, if you read the email, you'll be like, oh my gosh, like this stuff really does. I'm not kidding. You know who you are. You sent me the email. And he's like, the only downside is, I guess he doesn't like doing chores around his house, is now I can hear. And when my wife calls out for me to do stuff, I can't pretend that I don't hear anymore, which I was like, oh, okay, I get it, whatever. But the email was incredible. This thing works. Uh, WaxRx, listen, it's not the sexiest product in the world to talk about. I get it. But as I've told you repeatedly, I had a problem with this. This is why I like this sponsor. With earwax buildup, when I was in the Secret Service with that uh, earpiece in your ear the whole time, it's horrible. Um, I had to get something done about it. Story I'm about to tell you, also share, uh, about to share with you, illustrates how the right product can change your life. This is from a listener, it's a real listener email, whose nephew had his life changed by WaxRx. This isn't the one from yesterday. Yesterday, this was a little, uh, <laughs> it was interesting what happened to this guy. Uh, my nephew, Brandon, dreamed of becoming an EMT and entered training. However, he quickly discovered he could not hear through his stethoscope. Without being able to hear the patient's breathing or heartbeats, he simply wasn't going to successfully complete his EMT training. Uh, we recommend that he try wax RX and he used it to clean his ears. Amazingly, he removed a large blockage of wax from both sides. That was kind of like yesterday's email. Instantly, he could hear everything, including through his stethoscope. With his hearing restored, he finished his training and is now an EMT. Right now, go try this. You will not regret it. Go to waxrx.com. That's waxrx.com. Use the offer code DAN at checkout. Promo code DAN at checkout for free shipping. Waxrx.com. Uh, excuse me, GoWaxRx.com, GoWaxRx.com. One more time, GoWaxRx.com, promo code DAN for free shipping. Don't wait. You have no idea what you might be missing because of inner ear wax. Who knows? It might just change your life. GoWaxRx.com, offer code DAN. Go check it out. <laughs> yeah, that email yesterday was crazy. Um, all right. The final story of the day. Ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump has been a gift to blue states. You're like, whoa, what? Blue states. Did you say that wrong? No, I didn't. I said it exactly as I wanted to say it. He has been a gift to blue states, Joe, and blue state. This is the dirty little secret going around in Washington, D.C., which you're going to hear here first. I'm getting a lot of traffic. Remember, I grew up in blue states. Mm -hmm. Joe, poor Joe, lives there now in uh, Maryland, which is full of wonderful people and awful government. (laughs) Blue state, even... Hardcore Democrats in blue states behind the scenes are starting, I'm getting this from really good people, are starting to acknowledge that Trump has been a huge gift. Why? Well, it's twofold. Uh, reason number one, the tax cut plan. You're like, what? The Democrats hate tax cuts. Yes, of course they do. Um, but what's happening in blue states, folks, is they are becoming bankrupted. They are becoming bankrupted quickly. And one of the 
exit ramps they've had from having to change their tax policy has been their ability to deduct from federal taxes their state and local tax burden. In a nutshell, this is very simple. If you were paying a fortune in state and local taxes, which you do in blue states because they're high tax states, you could deduct them from your federal tax bill so you weren't experiencing the full pain of that tax bill. You weren't because if you were paying 90000 um, because you're a multi-multi-millionaire in state and local taxes, you really weren't paying 90000 because you were deducting some of that from your te- federal tax bill and getting some of that money back. So you were effectively playing, uh, paying, I don't know, $70,000 instead of ninety. You can't do that anymore. You can only deduct up to a certain amount. So what's happening now is really rich people in very blue states, a lot of these limousine liberals, are starting to feel the full brunt of government tax policy. A lot of even liberals are starting to quietly acknowledge behind the scenes, Joe, that their tax and spend bankrupt plans. Because remember, Joe, uh, Joe, states, a lot of states out there have balanced budget amendments. They can't continue. It's not like the federal government. States can't print money. If you're in New York and you're out of money, you can't print uh, Federal Reserve notes of New York. You can't. They wouldn't be. be, You'd be guilty of counterfeiting. The federal government can print money, sadly devalues the currency we have now. It's another form of taxation, but that's a whole other show. States can. A lot of even liberals are starting to acknowledge that the impact of rich blue state liberals feeling the impact of their own policies may now start turning the tide towards a more sound, uh, you know, less prone to bankruptcy state budget in the future. Even so, I'm, I'm getting this from a good source, by the way. Not all. Again, some liberals don't care. Some, some, a lot of liberals, sadly, bankruptcy is their goal. But the practical ones are starting to realize, like, you, you get where I'm going with this yeah. show? That, listen, our rich blue staters are going to have to start to feel the hurt because if they don't feel the hurt, nothing's going to change right. and we're going to go bankrupt. Number two, the Trump appointment of Neil Gorsuch. That, liberals don't really like Gorsuch. He's a, uh, a constitutionalist, don't get me wrong. But the Janus decision. The Janus decision, which eliminated the ability of public sector unions to force you to join and pay agency fees, the one I've been talking about all week, I told you how devastating this was. I'm getting from one of my buddies here that a lot of even liberal leaders in these blue states are like, man, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. for mm-hmm. Why? Because they have been pushed around and bullied by these union leaders who have a fortune and money and access and everything because they have what? Force union dudes, Joe. They, you, you, you know how quickly these union coffers and the public unions are going to dry up? There was a story out the other day that some of these unions are anticipating major budget cuts next year. These are the same guys, a lot of these union bosses that were you know, driving around their fancy lunches that now are going to be disempowered a little bit. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these even blue state governors are like, all right, we can't afford this anymore. Like, finally, maybe we should, uh, you know, maybe we should get these guys down to earth on a normal playing field and negotiate like normal people instead of, a, um, you know, with the sword of Damocles over our head the whole time. So I'm just saying, they're not going to say this publicly. You're not going to hear. I mean, you may not hear. You may hear it someplace else. But I'm just telling you from good sources of mine that even some Dems behind the scenes are starting to acknowledge that the Trump tax bill and the union thing is going to finally allow them. They're they're not getting away from their big state policies, don't get me wrong, but more reasonable, fiscally sustainable pass forward, and it's going to be all because of what Trump did. So blue staters, thank Donald J. Trump. Hey, folks, thanks again for another week of really terrific shows. We had our best week ever. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to the show. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, it does. And I know you're doing it, by the way, because Mm -hmm. I check iTunes, the top charts, every day. 
This is my business. I'm a business-oriented guy. I love numbers. And we've jumped almost 20 spots in the last month. That's because of subscriptions. The down, Of course, the downloads matter. But please subscribe. Go to iTunes and subscribe. Go to iHeartRadio. You click the follow button. Uh, SoundCloud, you can follow us uh, on SoundCloud. Spotify, please subscribe. It makes a big difference. Thank you so much, folks. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.